I will still get nervous every single performance, no matter what it is. I always get nervous. And to be honest, I've (laughs) tried to push that feeling away multiple times. Um, But now I kind of just accept it for what it is. And I'm excited that I do get nervous because it means that I care. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I love the fact that I get nervous now every time I go on stage and Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts through all the major streaming services, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on YouTube at Living in the Limelight Podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation with a different artist where we delve into what makes them tick, and sometimes we get pro tips on pursuing a career as an artist. If you are a performer or know someone who is and would like to be considered for our show, check out the questionnaire at livinginthelimelight.com, and thanks so much for listening. Jacqueline Kenyon was born to perform. In 2009, at age 12, she performed at the Honey Jam Showcase in Toronto, Ontario, receiving media attention for being, until that point, the youngest performer at the event. In 2012, she was named by Toronto Star music critic Ben Rayner as one of 12 people in the Toronto area to watch. In 2015, she signed her first major production deal with producers Mike Blotnikoff and Igor Koroshev. Her first album features performances from guitarist Phil X from Bon Jovi and drummer Gil Sharon from Marilyn Manson. In June of 2019, She signed a global distribution deal with Sony Music's Orchard subsidiary, along with Soundly Music. Her first release, When We Love, was released that month. In July of that year, Kenyon's debut video premiered on CMT.com. Kenyon moved to Nashville to pursue her career in October of 2022, and since that time has been featured on a brand new TV show called Banded, where she and her band, Starland, competed along with other musicians for a recording contract. Amazingly enough, Jacqueline and her bandmates took the prize for the first season of that show. So let's welcome Jacqueline Kenyon to Living in the Limelight. Hello. Hey, is this Jacqueline? Hey, Jay. It's Jacqueline. How are you? Well, I'm great. So glad to have you on Living in the Limelight. Thanks for taking the call. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Oh, my goodness. Your uh, your life has been uh, just just an array of amazing things that have happened, but I would love to just kind of rewind first. I love starting way back at the beginning, um, kind of like to, to see how things evolved to where they are now. So if you would allow me the pleasure of walking through your childhood um, <laughs> <laughs> and just let me, you know, f- let the listeners know what, uh, what brought you to the stage, really what, what drives you, um, and has driven you all these years because you've been doing this since a young girl age um, to, to get Absolutely. up there in front of all those people. Because I can tell you, everyone I talk to in this uh, business, it's they love it and they wouldn't do anything else besides it. And 
Yep. And there are others of us that aren't that way. And we're in awe of your abilities to go up there and just sing your heart out and do that. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of where this all started for you and in your family, if you had um, influences, music you listened to, friends, that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. Well, first off, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. And I think the thing that has been driving me since the beginning is just my love for it. And at the end of the day, you know, even in high school, I was always like, I'm not good at anything else. I just know how to do music. That's all I know how to do. And that's all I love to do. And I just really made this you know, dedication to myself that it was music full time or nothing because I I know that I had to do it and I know I'm I was created to do it and I feel a purpose in it so heavily mm. and um it was just something that was always there when I was younger. I started really young with my family. My dad was a musician himself and he would teach me keyboards when I was younger and singing and harmonizing and it was always just kind of in our home when I was a really little girl. So it was something that I grew up with, but I didn't really make that full dedication to music until this opportunity came in Toronto. It was called Honey Jam. Mm. And I was 12 years old when I did this showcase. It was an all-female showcase, and I ended up being the youngest to perform. Oh, okay. And um, thank you. And, <laughs> and there was a lot of kind of, like I guess scary at the time um like press attention because I was so young right and my family was like are you sure this is what you want to do and I was like yes this is absolutely what I want to do and it it always kind of freaked me out but in an exciting way and um I just remember when I got on that stage I just felt so much peace and I was like I'm doing this for the rest of my life and I was I was 12 and I never looked back from there and I just kept doing it and just through all the ups and downs the industry's brought mm-hmm. I've never stopped doing it and I think that you know there are a couple things drive me but my love for it drives me but secondly I just feel like it's my purpose like I just I love singing and I love being able to serve people through music. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's that's a common thread I hear, but it's I think you're touching on it in a really special way because I envy you first of all, because I know seventy no. year olds. No, I do. <laughs> I know seventy year olds that are like, I'm not sure what I want to do with my life and I'm getting here up <laughs> in the age, you know, and you were twelve. A little girl at twelve years old and you're like, This is you felt it in your bones. Um, so I envy I you for that. Good. Yeah. And um, I love what you're saying about serving people. Couldn't Maybe we can go back into that a little bit because that is, um, it's an aspect. Like an, when a performer's up on stage, they're performing. It's an art. It's a display. But there is a, there's a connection um, between the singer or the drummer or the guitarist or whatever and the audience. And it can be eye to eye. It can be a high five. It can be all sorts of mm-hmm. interesting things. So when you are, we'll use your word, when you're serving people through singing, um, what comes up for you? You're, you're right at the front of the stage and you're in an, in that anthem song. We're going to talk about some of your music in a little bit, but it's that, you know, all the feels, as I say, mm-hmm. and what, what runs through your mind um, 
do you do you get lost in the music a little bit or do you get lost in the audience or a little of both or kind of what happens? For sure. I mean, I would say the first thing is I will still get nervous every single performance, no matter what it is. I always get nervous. And to be honest, I've tried to push that feeling away multiple times. Um, but now I kind of just accept it for what it is. And I'm excited that I do get nervous because it means that I care. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I love the fact that I get nervous now every time I go on stage. And when I'm talking about serving, I feel like when I make it about myself, and this is something that I've learned throughout my career, but when I really make it about myself and the the songs about my story and mm. what I've done in my life and, and come out as this artist trying to show people who I am, it's never fulfilling. It's not fun. It doesn't feel like I'm really doing my purpose. And I've really just kind of taken it into how can I serve and how can I serve my audience through this performance instead of making this about me, what can people get through this song that I'm going to sing or how is this song going to touch somebody or is someone going to come after um, the show and talk to me about a story in their life or something that's mm -hmm. happening and, and we can have a deeper conversation. Like that's really what it's about and that's what, drives me um but i've just realized like any time that i've made it about myself even if i make it about my nerves or anything mm -hmm. it's not fulfilling it's just when you come at it with like a service heart then that's when it means the most and um i i love connecting with people that's really the the biggest thing for me i love talking to people after a show or hearing their story or hearing how a song that I wrote touched them in a way that I couldn't even begin to try to imagine when I'm writing it. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff is, is really, really cool. And that drives me a hundred percent. Yeah. I've talked with some artists about that and it's really curious to me because from a fan perspective, we see um, the lights and then we hear the music and, and the passion we see all of that. Yeah. But we, often feel like we're just we're kind of we're there and we're spectators i guess that's why the word is the way we're spectating right but you're there's mm -hmm. an actual yearning on your side as a performer um to make that connection so the meet and greets and and hey can you sign this can you sign your autograph and that kind of stuff is it has true meaning for you is what you're saying yeah it does that's really cool i, I love that because um we, that's what we crave. <laughs> we want to, we want to hear the music and see you guys do your thing, but yeah, it, it's a two way street. We want that connection. Um, and I'm so glad that that's driving you because I think it'll, um, it'll continue to do so. You know, you'll have those talks after the show and people say, yeah, I'd listen to the lyrics of this song and this is what happened in my yeah. life. And, um, kind of a connection from that, um, for social media Absolutely. purposes. Uh, do you, respond or like to respond to people through social media or do you kind of let that be a side thing because I, I know some artists are very embedded in it and use that for connection too what about you yeah that's something that's honestly 
kind of bothered me with bigger artists in the past is that I always try to see like how bigger artists interact with their fans. And I think Taylor Swift is an amazing example of somebody who truly cares about her fans and really makes them feel like they're part of the show or part of her life and her story. And she has fans that have been with her since the beginning because she makes it all about them and sends them little packages and mm-hmm. makes sure that they know that they feel important. There's a lot of artists that don't do that. And it, it does bother me. Cause like I'll go and see, you know, a random artist, um, on either TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. And I'll see that they have so many comments on their photos of people just like, freaking out about the music or saying something that's really touching and the comment never gets responded to. And I know so many times that there's so many comments and they can't obviously go through every single comment and be able to get back to people. But sometimes I read them and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I am like sitting here wishing and praying that I had the opportunity to be able to connect, you know, with that many people (laughs) and they're not responding. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I think it's a, it's a big thing because, you know, people would die for, for that. And Mm -hmm. you have to really make it about your fans. Like, even if you can't respond to everybody, just find a way to include people. Like again, like someone like Taylor Swift who has private concerts or, make sure that everybody feels like they know her in a way, even if they don't, they feel like they can, can follow her success. So I think it's so important. Like these are the people that are buying tickets to your shows and listening to the music. And it's, they're the most important piece of the whole puzzle. Yeah. And and I can see um, exactly what you're saying because um, I, I, I look at the same forums that you do and, and, it is a little bit disconcerting to see that yeah. there's not an interaction there. So I applaud you for wanting to do that and, and wanting to continue it. And uh, as your career grows, um, I imagine it will become more of a challenge because, like you said, the, the volume of information and comments and all of that just explodes. But yeah. as long as you have that desire to serve, there's that word again, right? Uh, and Exactly. And connect with your Whether audience. Whether it's a live or like anything like just allow people to not feel disconnected from you because like it's no one's like greater than anybody else we're just able to to do music for a living and that's the coolest thing ever but you have to be able to connect with your listeners and if you can't then it's not fulfilling at all mm-hmm. well you certainly have had some fulfillment recently let's walk through some of your music um I'd love to talk about, and we're going to go in reverse chronological order a little bit here um, with yeah. with Ready or Not, because um, I saw uh, just a little while ago the the final episode of Bandit and um, some of the commentary between uh, you, your band and the judges, and one of the judges was like, yeah, and I, I know XYZ person, and this is an anthem. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably remember that <laughs> phrase, right? This is an anthem. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about that song a little bit and any, you know, you can walk through any of the songs you want. <clears throat> I've got Ready or Not, um, Heart Says No, and When We Love just as three um, examples. But if there are certain songs that come to mind that were like just really cool songwriting stories and uh, the way they developed and what they mean to you and that kind of thing, um, it would be great for your 
audience to hear about the the background on those songs. Yeah. So Ready or Not was a fun kind of story. So Ready or Not um, was a song that, and I guess I'll go back a little bit. So there's only ever been two times in my career so far that I've woke up in the middle of the night Mm. at 3 a.m. with an idea. just like a very kind of interesting melody idea Mm -hmm. um, or a song like title. And we were filming Banded. We were, I think we're at uh, week three at this point. It was either week three or week four. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had this like, I'm coming ready, not idea. And I was sick with a cold and I sang it into my phone and I went back to sleep. And in the morning I was like, I should listen to like what that sounded like. Cause I remember something was really cool there. Yeah. And I couldn't even make out what I was saying. It's just, it was honestly terrible. <laughs> and, you're half asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm half asleep. I'm sick. It's like, ah, <laughs> so I went into the car and I was driving to the uh, studio that day Mm -hmm. and we were getting ready to record all of our songs and we would have to like pre-record some of the songs for the lighting and production so they could match everything Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I think I remember how it went and I, I sang it into my phone again and at this point we were working on a different song um, because we were on like either it was week three or four, so song three or four. Mm -hmm. And I completely just like stopped this idea because we ended up choosing a different song and I I forgot about this idea as we went on. And so for the very final episode of Banded, they wanted us to write an anthem. And we were working on this anthem at the time with Wendy and Wendy's our mentor for anyone that hasn't seen the show. She's amazing. She discovered and developed Lady Gaga and just the craziest, amazing person in the world. I love her. Um, <laughs> so and so she was working on this really cool anthem with us and it was, it started off with a piano and built it into this really cool guitar riff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we worked on this for about 10 hours everyone in the band was kind of like feeling like it wasn't the right direction. And we had three days to bring the final anthem song. So we were freaking out a little bit because we weren't 100%, you know, sold on this song. And, um, so I just, I remembered this voice note and I, I played it for my one guitar player, Rob, and he's like, oh, this is really cool. And he starts playing this riff. And I'm like, whatever you're doing, we have to do that. That is so cool. And then Will, my other guitar player, came in and started doing this really cool lick behind him. And the band got on board with the song. And at the time, Wendy still really wanted to do the other song. Mm. And there was one other person in our band that was kind of heavily leaning towards the other song too. So we had a little bit of a band vote, a <laughs> little bit of a band. Um, Let's see. I'm having three, three to two at the moment. If I've got the numbers correct. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we were like, you know, maybe this isn't the right direction. Like maybe Wendy is right. Like she yeah, knows. She's, right. She had Lady Gaga. Like we're, <laughs> how do you argue with she, that? <laughs> she knows. She knows. <laughs> 
so we uh we ended up comparing both of the songs and then she she looked at us too and she's like guys i i actually think it it could be the other song too and we're like okay glad we're all on the same page because this song is so cool so we ended up writing it together as a band and we called it ready or not and uh it ended up just all coming together and it was so amazing and everyone was really excited about it and then that was the song that we won the show on and yeah. it was so cool because we kind of like we forgot about it we didn't really remember what the song was and i the way that i sang it was just so blah into my phone and mm-hmm. um yeah, it was just going back to the drawing board and seeing what we had, but it was really cool that that song showed up at 3 a.m. and that little tagline in my head during episode three or four because it, we we used it for the finale and um, there was a reason for it. So it was really, really special and I'm so glad that that song was the one that we chose because it was just, it was amazing. We were very excited about it. I love that story because it's the the genesis of songs and of books and whatnot. They all have different timelines, right? And some are just like they mm-hmm. take a little bit of time, a little bit of time, and then three years later, there it is. And you're this was yeah. this was weeks, and it wasn't even really weeks in in the sense that it was just that memo on the phone, the voice memo, and then it was kind of forgotten. And then in the matter of three days, basically, it became yeah. the song that won the show, and. uh in my mind that's that points to meant to be right it it was meant to be it happened the way it should have happened it was meant to be yep that is so amazing i love the story behind that um yeah what about um maybe some of your pre-banded stuff um that you've done in, in various areas do you want to talk about some of the other music too yeah so there was one that i have on spotify uh, called Heart Says No. Mm-hmm. And that song kind of had a fun story too to it. So it was almost about like eight years ago, I would say, I found this really cool banjo loop. And it was like, dun, 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 and I loved it. I thought it was so cool. And I was just learning Pro Tools at the time. Mm-hmm. And I found this kind of sick drum kick sample <laughs> and I put it over the banjo sound and I had it on my computer for a while I always had this like little melody to it um and that was the melody the original melody when you listen to the song um in the verses and for whatever reason I just could never write a chorus to the song so I had it sitting on my computer for eight years oh my goodness and I just could never find the right chorus and then my buddy in Toronto his name's Milan D'Agostini he's incredibly talented more of like a a pop kind of producer Mm -hmm. and I brought the song to him and I was like you know I don't know why but I feel like you're the right person for this song I was never able to find a proper chorus to it do you want to just mess around and try to come up with something with me and he's like yeah absolutely this is so cool so it wasn't even like half hour and he starts coming up with this heart says no title and he really just 
brought it to a whole new place that I didn't even think of. And we collaborated on it and started singing it. And then we recorded it into his home studio together and built the track around it. And I sent it to a couple producers in Nashville. And right away, um, Joel Barrere in Nashville heard it and was like, I want to do this song with you. Mm. And so we recorded it. And that was released around the same time that I moved down to Nashville full time. So it was a really special song for me. And I feel like it was a really cool direction because I was doing something a little bit different in country because I've always grown up loving rock music as well. Mm. And so I was trying to put a different flavor on an original country sound and I think that really came across with Heart Says No. I was really excited about it. That's cool. I love that story. Yeah, I was I was looking at the timeline and thinking that it did kind of correlate with the the moment or that when you moved down to mm-hmm. Nashville. Speaking of Nashville, <clears throat> I talked to a lot of artists from from Nashville and I know that's it's just the place to be. Um but it's yeah. also it's it's a place where you bring who you were to the table. And uh, yes. so you've talked about growing up in Canada and, and the, the show that you were in there. What do you think about your, um, your youth and your drive and your interest? You mentioned that you, you know, you're a rock girl mostly, but you were delving into country a little bit. What do you think um, you're bringing to Nashville that is sort of fresh and different? Because there are a lot of performers there and, and, and everyone needs to have their signature, so to speak. But um, I, I think that the signature comes from who we are from within, like the past and, and what we bring to the table. So I'd love to hear, um, we didn't get too far into this, but like the the little girl Jacqueline who carries all, all those dreams and all of those um, ambitions to be on stage, you have that with you. Is there, mm-hmm. are there other elements um, of you personally that you think, and this, I don't want you to say this in like an, a bragging kind of way, but this is a way for us to know you really yeah. almost intimately. Like what, would, what do you offer? What do you have? What do you really want to give? What do you want to share um, with the audience through music and through live performance and TV and all that? Yeah. I love that question. Um, I would say the biggest thing, I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me on what I'm going to say. Okay, okay, go for it. That's that's okay. Um, So I feel like not being in Nashville at the time was my greatest asset because when I wasn't there, I was really just focused on who I wanted to be as an artist without any outside influence. I Mm. feel like when I got to Nashville, there was so many writers rounds and there was so much going on all the time that I feel like my style and my sound started kind of sounding like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, but I just was playing so many rounds and naturally you start humming, you know, everyone's melodies when you go to sleep and start writing in the same kind of format. And um, I love Nashville and I think that Nashville is the place that you need to be if you want to have a successful music career. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's definitely one of the main places to be. But I also think that if you stay too long, 
and you're not exploring your artistry and writing with a bunch of different people and um, really just trying to find your unique sound and vision, you can kind of get caught up in Nashville very quickly. And I think that for me, when I went down there, I was so naive to really like what Nashville brought to the table Mm -hmm. and how I needed to write and how I needed to like, not really necessarily like I needed to do all these things to fit in, but like there's, there is certain country formats that you have to follow that have just been there for so long. Mm -hmm. And so many people have tried to break those walls down, but there's still pretty big issues. Um, with the, how the music industry is handled there and, and what is country and what's not and what's good for radio and what's not. Mm. Um, and you do get caught up in it and you do start questioning if you're doing the right thing. So I think my greatest asset was figuring out who, I guess per se, Jacqueline Kenyon was away from all of that mm. so that when I came into it, I was strong and confident in who I was as an artist. And I, I could really just identify more with myself because I grew that away from Nashville so that when I came into it, it was like, okay, this is game time. Let's go. I'm excited. Um, And so, yeah, I I think that, again, like there's so many beautiful and amazing things about there, but because I came from more of like a, a rock background, pop and country, um, I listened to all different styles and, and forms of music, mm-hmm. I really tried to bring as much of a unique sound as I could in Nashville. And um, if I would have lived there beforehand and kind of saw how it operated and, um, you know, saw the business and everything, I don't know if it would have been like that. I think I would have tried to change my sound a little bit to try to fit Nashville. I love that answer so much, and I think it's so mature, um, the perspective that you have on that. Um, I can, I can, Thank you. you it took a long time to learn. but <laughs> You walked me through exactly what um, others have tried to say, and I think it's so eloquent in the fact that, excuse me, you can, we all bring our past to the table, right? But you came yeah. from a totally different environment, and you approached that Nashville environment purposely with using it for the um, opportunities that it afforded you and the collaborations that it afforded you, but you seem to have a pretty good control on not letting it consume you and uh, yeah. take you over. And I, I think that's great because if, if you get lost in that kind of thing, you're lost and we don't want to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's wonderful. Um, let's talk about some instruments Um, You said that your dad was a musician um, and that you have um, played a little bit with piano, I think. Um, What instruments do you play? Do you want to play? Do you feel comfortable playing? Do you compose on? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so I grew up on this little baby grand Yamaha piano that I love so much. It's actually at my grandma's house right now because when... I moved to Nashville. She was like, I'll store it for you. So she has it at her house right now. And that's my childhood piano. I used to just sit on top of 
the piano and have like my little blanket and pillow and just listen to my dad play and I would just nap (laughs) Um, (laughs) when I was little. So it's really special to me to have that piano Mm -hmm. and um, everything that I play just now keyboard wise is Yamaha just because I've grown up with it and I'm Mm -hmm. used to it and I love them and their brand. Um, But I also started playing guitar a couple of years before I moved down to Nashville and um, at the time I was offered a Fender sponsorship which was so exciting and it was my first guitar and it was this little black and white guitar and I loved it so much (laughs) and then for my second guitar I always wanted a Taylor guitar like the Hawaiian Koa ones and there's so expensive oh i know and, <laughs> oh yeah and i was like i really just want to save up for this and so um at the time i was working at this golf course and i was like trying to figure out how i was going to make enough money and to, <laughs> to try to to try to pay for this guitar and i had somebody come up to me Um, when I went to this guitar shop to go and look for the tailor. And he was like, hey, my name's Garen. I'm a luthier. He's like, you like that guitar? I was like, yeah. He's like, everyone's got that guitar. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why I want it. I love it. And he's like, yeah, I know. But, like, don't you think you want something that's a little bit more you? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he gave me his business card and um, his business is called Lucene Guitars okay. and he goes you should stop by and check out my shop so I went and stopped and checked out his shop and I fell in love with his work he's built so many different guitars and he's absolutely incredible he built a guitar for Phil X from Bon Jovi mm-hmm. and he's just had amazing people that he's worked with and so I was like well let's see like what kind of wood do you have? And he's like, the coolest thing about this whole process is that you're going to be involved in all of it. Like I won't, you know, put anything, um, on your guitar without you being there. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. So I ended up, um, using my tip money from that job from the summer instead to buy a custom guitar. And I designed it the exact way that I wanted it to. And it's got Hawaiian koa in the, front and back and has like this little cross a treble clef and a j engraved into this one big logo and it was such a sentimental gift for me so now i play that guitar everywhere and um that's kind of like my baby and i think Mm -hmm. if i get another guitar it would probably be through him too just because i love a custom guitar there's nothing like it it's such a cool thing to have and um it's amazing if anyone can do it i highly recommend it it's so so cool that sounds really amazing and please um afterwards send me his contact information i'll put it on your web page yeah absolutely i can send you pictures too of the guitar oh that'd be fabulous yeah it reminds me a little bit um i don't know if you know the story or not um of selena not as in um gomez but the the one she's named after if, if you do you know her story okay um the the tejana singer that was tragically yeah killed. yeah okay well um in a nutshell she was um she married her guitarist and um 
one day an artist friend of his came in and he had a Jackson guitar um, and he loved that guitar and he wanted to do something special. And his artist friend's like, let's paint her face on there. It'd be really <laughs> neat. And he's like, what? And change my guitar like that. And they, he kind of talked him into it. And so um, he was um, taking a, a guitar apart and she walked in and the guy was there too he was going to take yeah. it with him and he had to come up with a cover story. He's like, Oh yeah, he's a, he does maintenance on guitars. I'm just kind of, you know, clean it up or whatever. And, but it was like in pieces. And she's like, what are you doing to your guitar? <laughs> she was confused. Well, anyway, um, if you Google it later, um, you'll see just Google, um, Selena, um, guitar or something like that. And it's, it's just beautifully done. So I'm speaking to the custom aspect, right. Of having an yeah. instrument that is just designed for the artist and, and, and customized the way it was supposed to be in the first place, maybe. So I'm, I love that, yeah, love that guitar. Coolest thing. <laughs> and I'm glad. <laughs> you can, so let's let's go into that because it's different for everybody. When you, um, I know about the um, the the banded song, the anthem, and the story behind mm-hmm. that. But for you, typically, when you want to do a song, are you going to the guitar first, or is the are the lyrics and melody coming out of your head through your voice or does it vary? What's, what's your normal, like expressive um, songwriting process? I mean, like, I feel like I'm like the farthest thing from normal when oh. it comes to this kind oh, of that's stuff. That's good. I want to hear this. <laughs> because I'm, I'm all over the place. Like, you know, like the ready or not song that came really just in the middle of the night, I'm like randomly waking up mm-hmm. humming this melody and then other times I'm walking around and I just have this lyric idea or I hear someone overstay something at a coffee shop or a grocery store and I'm like oh that's Mm. really cool for a song and I'll just jot it down on my phone and I think I just surpassed like a thousand voice notes on my phone (laughs) just from this year alone (laughs) so I'm like always just talking things on my phone um I'm always just listening and I, I just try to take as much inspiration from life as I can. And sometimes uh, like a big thing for me, and I've always wrote this way, even since I was little, I'll go on Pinterest. I don't know if you know what Pinterest is, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, like a photo app and, um, there's quotes and everything on there. So sometimes I'll go under quotes and I'll just look at, just people's poems or quotes and sayings and try to see if I relate to any of those or if anyone in my life has been through something like that that I can write about. And it's always different all the time. Mm-hmm. And usually, I'll, I mean, other than the two times that I've woke up singing melodies <laughs> in my life, I usually only go to a guitar or piano first. Um, if it's a melody, if it's a lyric idea, I'm writing it down or a quote idea, I'm writing it down. But for melodies, most of the time it just comes from a piano or, um, a guitar. So it's always different. There's really no set way. And if I force myself to try to write a song that day, it never happens. Mm -hmm. It's just honestly like such a spiritual and beautiful thing like when it happens it just it happens and I stop everything in that moment and I just put my heart and soul into it when the idea is there um and yeah it's it's really just been like that since I started writing 
I think that's the perfect answer because you said, oh, it's going to be all over the place and then I'm different. But that's, that's good because I, for me, as a consumer of art more than a producer of art, yeah. we're kind of on opposites for the spectrum. But um, I always wonder like, oh, well, how did this author, you know, come up with this book? What happened? And mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to know the story. And from what you just explained where the, where life is generating the influence and the inspiration right there in front of you, either you're hearing it at a coffee shop or you're seeing something or you're yeah. getting a story and you're open to that. Like you're just constantly accepting, oh, this could be something that I could work with. I think that's, I think that's beautiful because I think that's what's going to continue to propel you to make more music and to make more art. So I applaud you yeah, for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's the coolest thing when you have like a feeling and you can just be able to take out a pen and paper and just start writing things and create a melody around it. It's, there's nothing like it. And so many of the songs that I've wrote that have come from my heart and in such a vulnerable place, I never even knew I needed to say those feelings or mm. write about those things. It just, it would just come out when I started playing on the piano or on the guitar. And it's so cool because sometimes you just don't even know what feelings you have in your heart until you start getting it out there. And music is just so powerful. Like there's just no set way. And even like, even to this day, like even on banded, you know, we would finish writing a song. We'd all look at each other like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, how did that come out? And it's yeah. it's never something that you can, like, get an ego over because, again, it is so spiritual. Like, it just it happens, and you don't know why it happens, and it just comes out, and it's the craziest, coolest thing. Yeah, and that begs the question. I've always kind of wondered this. So um, the intimacy and the and the personalness of writing a song and coming up with, especially if it's about an experience, you know, breakup or whatnot, that it happened, right? It was based on Mm -hmm. fact. Is that scary for you to evolve that thought, those expressions, those, those experiences? Is it scary for you to bring that out into the public or for you? Is it, how, how does it feel when you see that happen? Yeah. Uh, it it used to be a lot more scarier <laughs> for me, I think, <laughs> because I I was young and again, like you don't know where those exact feelings are coming from. Mm-hmm. You just you're like, oh, I'm hurt, but then you start playing or writing something. You're like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's deep. Um, <laughs> a twelve year old should not be writing songs like that. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think it's really cool because like when you unpack all of that stuff, um, it's it is very vulnerable and every song that I put out I'm definitely nervous about it. Like I definitely have this feeling of like, Okay, like this is my heart, this is everything that's mm-hmm. going on. People are gonna hear it, people are gonna judge it, am I okay with this? Um, and I always struggle with it a little bit but I think I've gotten better at just accepting it for what it is and maybe that just comes from like me growing up and not mm-hmm. caring as much what people think and um, just trying to to say what I feel because it's going to help someone else or right, right. Embrace be that. the song that's 
yeah, that's gonna, you know, help someone get through something. I just try to make it as genuine as I can, but I guess going back again to like serving, like if I think about it as me being like, Oh, I don't want to put out this song. I'm so nervous about it. Then it's missing its chance to be heard by someone. And I I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I think that's so healthy. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Back to serving. So um, let's talk. I want to go into Bandit now because um, yeah. you have, you've done a lot. We went back to your 12-year-old self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and now you have just literally finished, um, I would say, it's been about two weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. the, the show wrapped. Your your band, Starland, won the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So crazy. I know. My so goodness. Crazy. So um, how did that whole ha- thing happen? Where did it start? And just kind of tell us anything you want to all the way through until the very end. Yeah. So I guess the coolest thing is I have a really fun story of how this show started and the whole opportunity. So yeah. I was living in Nashville full time and I don't know what it was, but every single time that I got really close to something happening in Nashville, something would just go the other direction. It just wouldn't happen. And I was getting extremely frustrated. And this was everything from like label opportunities, publishing opportunities, management opportunities. And I was getting so frustrated. I actually questioned if Nashville even was the right move. And um, I wanted to just take a break and kind of, escape from there for a little bit and get you know my thoughts in order and come back with like a fresh mind and so my parents at the time were going to California we were just finishing up the rent on our house at the time and I was like you know what I think I'm gonna come with you guys and then take a couple months off right before Christmas and uh, come back in January Mm -hmm. and they were like okay like whatever you want (laughs) and and so um, as I'm packing up, I have my suitcase packed, my flights booked, I'm leaving in just over a week. I get this phone call from someone who I was very close with down in Nashville named Steve Diamond. And Steve Diamond is an absolute legendary songwriter. Um, he's done everything from Reba to Faith Hill. And oh. he um, was a part of my career very early on when I was 18 and first went down to Nashville and so he calls me up I'm like this is kind of interesting because like I I hadn't talked to him for for a while and he's like hey what's up and I'm like hey I'm actually just packing for for LA and he's like oh well when are you leaving and I was like oh just in a week and a half and he goes well what if I told you (laughs) yeah he's like you might want to he's like what if I told you that you know there's this music show the reality tv show and when i heard reality i was like no 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 no." (laughs) but when i heard music show i was like okay it's kind of interesting and he's like you know it's um it's going to be 10 weeks in nashville and they are looking for a girl the bad news is that you have less than 24 hours to say yes because (laughs) they need someone really quickly they don't choose you then they're gonna go with somebody else but you have to go and audition this week and I'm like oh my goodness <laughs> so I'm sitting there I'm like so conflicted on what to do I have a suitcase packed my family's leaving the rent's up on the house I'm like 
there is no way that I can make this work. Like I was like, I'm gonna have to call him back and say like, thank you, but I, I can't, I can't do this. Right. And so I got a um, email from the producer of the show. Steve put me in contact with him okay. and he sent me over the contract. I sent it over to my lawyer in Canada who mm-hmm. I've been with since I was 13. He's amazing. And he, I felt so bad. He was, um, at his Thanksgiving dinner in Canada. This was in October. And you're like, I knew this yesterday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he he calls me and he's like, so um, I am going to leave my dinner and we need to get on a phone call. I don't think you realize how big of an opportunity this is. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) If you heard that from him, yeah, then you know it. Yeah. So I I went in the car and we we were talking to him with my family and he's like look like I've I've been with you since you were 13 years old if you don't take this opportunity I think you're crazy like there's nothing else that's going on that's as big as this opportunity you have to do it these don't just come every day like this is a once in a lifetime thing yeah. and I was like oh no he said <laughs> it I'm gonna have to do this and at the same time I was so like. I was just worried because there's just so many moving factors. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, thanks, Len. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on it. And it was so funny because I went shopping for like soap and shampoo and all this stuff because <laughs> I found out that it was ten weeks and my mom's like, So have you made up your mind you're gonna do it? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, Well, why are you getting all this stuff? I'm like, I don't know <laughs> But I just I think in my heart I just knew the whole time that I had to do it even though everything was going on I just had to do it Mm -hmm. and so I said yes I had an audition the following week and I went in it was so intimidating there's like all these I've never done anything on tv before so Mm. this was all new to me and there was all these cameras and all the producers were in the room and they were asking me like super vulnerable questions about myself and my life and personality and then they wanted me to sing a couple songs and I was just not prepared for this at all. And, I um, think you were. <laughs> well, then I, I did not feel like you I was. didn't feel you were, yeah. No. And um, it was funny because at the time, uh, John Luca, he's one of the producers of the show, he looks at me and he goes, it's yours if you want it. And mm. I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah, welcome. <laughs> I was wow. like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> And so, um, a couple days after I grabbed my suitcase and I moved into this beautiful home and it was, um, just filled with 25 other musicians and we, we started the show and I didn't look back from there and the journey has been wild. It was the fastest yes I've ever said in my life. Mm -hmm. And I just purely went off of just how I felt inside. I just knew that I needed to do it. And it was an opportunity that I had been praying for for months before. And it was just like a whole new door and world was opening up. So it's been the craziest thing. And uh, it's got a really cool story to go with it. No, bring it. Go for it. <clears throat> yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And, you know, sometimes the decisions that we toil over, the big ones, we, we spend so long. And the answer mm-hmm. maybe was right right at the beginning, like the gut, right? Your gut feeling. And there you were with your bags packed and you're considering like, 
maybe Nashville's not for me even and all of this. And then the phone yeah. call, you get that phone call. Oh my goodness. So can you talk about the <laughs> mechanics of the show a little bit? Because I mean, we, we, all of us know the American idols and the voice and whatnot, but the behind the scenes I find personally very interesting. I think other people will do. Um, like you, you said you were living in the house with the 25 other musicians. Is yeah. there, is it a camaraderie or is it like, well, we're going to be over here on our side and we'll have the kitchen at this time. And, or is it a huge <laughs> family <laughs> or did it kind of evolve into the family? What was it like living with all those people? Well, I mean, at first it was super overwhelming and like in my mind, I was like, oh gosh, there's going to be so much drama. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not, I'm not a very dramatic person. I've always handled drama like very weird. Like I laugh when there's conflict. It's mm. probably not healthy, but like <laughs> I, can't, I don't handle drama very well. And so I was like, oh no. And for my interview um, and my audition, they were asking me about drama and how I handled it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh no, like I just, <laughs> I was so nervous about what was going to happen, but it was funny because I just, we had one night um, that we all got to talk and hang out and production brought in all this food for us. And everybody was just getting to know each other before getting their bands uh, assignments and getting their bands the next day. So we had like, less than 24 hours to be with each other and right away like everybody was just so loving and kind and sweet and it really did feel like a family unit I think there was really only two people mm. that were both from Nashville that knew of each other but everybody else was just from different worlds different places um the only other people that did know each other were my two bandmates and one of the other band guys from Honeysuckle and uh, Andrew, because they were all in a band together in Florida before. Mm, okay. But other than that, like nobody knew each other. And so it was just really cool to see how everyone merged and got to know each other so quickly. And it was really just a family unit. And I think right off the bat, why it was, was because... Well, A, we were so nervous. No one has yeah. ever done TV um, like we did it like that. And um, two, like we're living together. Like you can't really escape from it. You know, if you don't like someone, your, your butt and shoulders <laughs> when you're walking past the hall all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, it was really just cool from the beginning. I mean, I love food. So I was in the pantry a lot. <laughs> there, was a, there was a couple of people that was in there and like sneaking food at night. And um, we had a lot of good laughs. We lived on this beautiful lake and there was this really cool rope swing. And we would always go out there and just have fun together. And there's a movie theater room. So we'd watch movies oh, together wow. and um, a workout room downstairs. So it was like fully stocked. And nice. um yeah, it, it was really just kind of like we're gonna have to hang out for ten weeks. So let's uh, let's figure this out. And <laughs> the fun part of the show, and I don't know if this is something that we'll throw in later, but this is just kind of like a fun little fact. Um, we had a confessional room down in the basement, and basically, what you would have to do is after every day, you would have to go into the room and answer five questions or whatever oh. questions they would ask you that day about if you like your band, how you're feeling about the house, was there any drama, 
um, who's the best cook, <laughs> just kind of fun things like that. Yeah. And I um, would film all these confessional videos, and some of them are so funny, and I don't know if the show's going to use them at some point, but that was our task all the time to do that. And so you get a lot of the, like, reality TV um, behind the scenes yeah. from that. But there is a couple things on TikTok. Um, I know that they started posting from those confessional rooms. So if you guys want to check it out, you can go on there and, oh, and look at them. They're funny. Some good nuggets. Yeah, because that's like that's raw. It, if I think people mm-hmm. behave differently when there's no one else around. Like it's just you and me in the camera. Yeah. Go ahead, tell me what you think, and uh, <laughs> things just come yeah, out. When they're in a room alone, <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> well, yeah. Congratulations again on that show. That's an amazing thing. That was the premiere for the series, right? So it's coming back for a second season. Thank you. Yeah, so it's really exciting. So it it aired in the United States, but it just started airing in Canada as of last Saturday. And it's on Game TV in Canada, um, pretty much on every Bell provider. Um, You can find the show. And it's going to be going on for another I think six or seven weeks and then it's going to be syndicated across 160 different stations from Canada and the U.S. so oh the show is going to be replaying and hopefully gain some more traction as the summer goes on so we're very excited about that and then they did get picked up for a season two so that will also be happening very soon. Oh and what a special feeling to know one that you were just a part of the beginning of potentially a long-lived show like that and then two to kind of go well yeah we sort of won that thing (laughs) i'm hoping so i hope that it's the most successful show the people that are involved are the sweetest people and they really believe in the show and we all believe in the show so much and i think it's such a cool concept like where do you get to see your favorite band from the very beginning Mm -hmm. thrown into a room and get to follow their journey all the way to the end. It's so cool. Yeah, it truly speaks to the core of, um, I'm sure this came up in the interviews, it's like, how much do you yeah. love music? Do you really feel a connection to music? Because for you to carry your love of music and and connect it with random strangers uh, to, yeah. and then go through a competition, that's like the ultimate test of, do you really love what you do? Because you're going to be in an uncomfortable position all the way through. But what I love about the concept of that show is, once you're yeah. chosen for the show, you're you're there, and you go through the process, and there's not that awkward elimination stuff, right? I think that yes. sort of gets a little tiring after a while, like, oh, who's going off the show now? You get to see the, you know, your people continually, and you get to see their growth, and it's not like, well, oh, I missed them. They would have been great. <laughs> no. So I love that concept of it, and I think that uniqueness, along with other things, will keep the show yeah and it's so different because you don't see that on other shows like no one gets eliminated so it makes it more competitive and every week you try to see what you can do better and it's it's really really fun and I think it gives more confidence to all of the bands Mm -hmm. and I definitely felt that with our band too was from the beginning like we were new and we were just starting out and we weren't as confident but as the show progressed because you know you're not getting eliminated you start getting a little bit more confident and the vision starts getting stronger and you take the judge's advice and try to get better every week. And it's really cool to see how all the bands grew throughout 
the whole show. There was so much talent on that show. Absolutely. So much talent. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Well, that brings us here to sort of the end. You guys landed a, a nice recording contract, and I think that's going to help propel you personally and the band. Um, I know you've got yeah. probably plans in the in the works already for how to use that. <laughs> but um, what does the future look like for you in, in both a, like an idealistic sense and a, in a realistic sense? Like what do you see in the next coming months that definitely will will evolve for you like or things that are in the works that you could share and then i'd love for you to do like a little crystal ball um activity and see <laughs> what would you love to have happen you know because you're you're at a really good spot right now with the uh, with the show and we'd love to like capitalize yeah. on that momentum right so um what yeah. does your future look like yeah absolutely my future looks like doing music for the rest of my life and nice being able to just be surrounded by amazing people that see the vision and want to help propel it forward and to be a part of it. One of the things that was so big and so beautiful with Wendy was that she truly helped us find really our sound and who we were as a band and our identity. And she's somebody who is, she's a real one. She, loves and she supports and she's just you know she's always there showing up on the soundboard during um sound check and moving things around and making sure the band's looked after bringing vitamins and water and all that stuff and nice. there's very <laughs> limited um people like that yeah, in the music yeah. industry that genuinely care and i think a big part of why i've come to this place in my life that i have today is because I've been surrounded by so many people like her that care and that want to help and really just have the same passion and vision that I have for the music. And so um, I really just, in the future, I just see myself surrounded surrounded by people like that who are going to allow me to continue to do what I love doing. And I would love to play bigger festivals and bigger shows and Obviously, the end goal would be to have like a, you know, a status career. Um, but just being on stage, no matter what size the stage is or no matter what size the crowd is, is the main goal. To just be able to do music, love what I do, love connecting with people, and um, just continue doing this for as long as I can. And I think the crystal ball <laughs> kind of um, vision that you want, um, there's all the songs from the show have been recorded. And I can say pretty much most stuff right now, um, but those songs have all been recorded. And with the record deal that comes with the show, I can't say what that is yet or what that looks Things like. Will but how about that? Things will, yeah. things will evolve. <laughs> things will evolve. Yes, things will evolve. And um, all the songs um, have been mastered, recorded, and ready for radio. So expect a lot of new music this nice. coming year. I'm very excited. And um, yeah, we're just we're going to try to bring Starland as far as we can go and um, just get ready to, to start playing. And we hopefully will see people very soon um we're we're very excited for what's gonna come and 
can't wait to just enjoy the journey more with these guys as a band and even just me as a solo artist too. Mm -hmm. Um, I still am pursuing that. Um, my focus has shifted a little bit just because of the show, but I still will be releasing new music and there's a lot of exciting stuff to come as well, as well as a duet song that I'm very, very excited about, um, coming out this year as well. Fascinating. Well, you know what yeah. I hear in your voice? Um, I, I, I pride myself on, on trying to be a good listener, and I hear in your voice um, a big sense of gratefulness. I feel you really <laughs> are grateful for the things that have happened, and you're very appreciative and grateful for all that is happening right now and that will will come to fruition. And I'm just such a firm believer in that if you embrace in the gratefulness and speaking of the people that are that have popped up on your radar, I really feel like we we attract the people that uh, we we do. So I want to give you a little cred there in the fact that Aww, these people you. are showing up. They're showing up because you are who you are. So I think my advice to you in my little spot right here is keep on keeping on because um, it's working well for you. <laughs> and, you. Yep. So to close, that I would like to ask, um, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, how would you like for people to reach out? How can, how would you like to serve your growing public um, through your preferred social media channels, um, website, Facebook? What If you were to have people like in droves start coming at you, um, where would you <laughs> like to kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, serve them and connect with them? Yeah. So on our Starland page it's starland band and you guys can just go over there and follow us we look at every dm we're very active on that account um so you can go check that out as well as tiktok and then on my personal uh page it's jacqueline kenyan music and i spell it j-a-c-l-y-n nice short version (laughs) um yeah on my on my instagram page and i'm very with like trying to get back to every single DM that I get. Um, even if I don't get back to you on a photo, I will always check my DMs and get back. So if um, anybody ever wants to reach out personally, that's the place to do it. Wonderful. And um, yeah. Fantastic. And I love that you're open to that. And I know that you said that before, but I believe it. I hear it in your soul. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I really am so grateful, you know. I think just to just close off quickly and say this too, like I've been working so hard in this industry since I was 12 years old and there's so many moments that are so high and so exciting and Mm -hmm. you, you just feel like you're on top of the world and you're like, this is the best opportunity ever. And then it's followed by this is the worst thing ever. And this is the worst day ever. And I don't want to do this anymore. And your ego just gets like crushed. Um, But through, my career, my love for music and the purpose of being able to realize that I feel like God's given me a platform and a gift that I have to use and to be able to connect to people is the most special thing that keeps me going. And I've always known that I can't have a plan B. I just have to follow my plan A. And there's going to be a lot of days that are really crummy and there's going to be a lot of days that are really exciting. And I think the the coolest advice that I got one day was always trust the journey. Just trust it because you're eventually going to get where you want to go. But if you don't enjoy the journey, then nothing else matters. It's Mm -hmm. just like 
take every opportunity that you can be so grateful when it's happening and just soak everything up like a sponge and keep pushing forward because there's so many days that I've wanted to quit in this industry. And like for anyone listening to, there's probably a moment where you're just at the end of whatever you're feeling, but just keep going. Like it will work out and um, you never know how it's going to work out, but it will work out if you just keep being persistent. Yeah, it's fantastic advice, and it's 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 advice that goes way beyond <clears throat> even just uh, a, a single industry. Like it's good life advice. Yeah, you're gonna have up days and you're gonna have down days, but enjoy the journey because every day that we get is a gift, right? It's a gift. Yeah. Well, it has been such an extreme pleasure talking with you and meeting you, and I've loved watching your um your journey so far. Aww, I can't thanks, wait to Dave. see. Absolutely, I can't wait to see um what else happens with you and I would love to have you back um, in a year or so or when some big changes <laughs> happen for you and we will share I would that love that fantastic oh let's throw it out one year let's, okay. let's talk in a year let's hope let's see <laughs> uh, no I, please take my call how about that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic well again pleasure to meet you and I hope you have a super evening and please stay in touch You too. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right.